0: trigger warning. This podcast discusses themes centered around emotional, physical, and sexual violence. While the stories of the survivors are meant to be inspiring and informative, listener discretion is advised. If you're struggling with any of the aforementioned issues, links to resources can be found in the show notes of today's episode.
1: But that coercion, as well, was was very much so there. If you tell anyone, we'll both go to jail. You're complicit in this. She would tell me things like, "You're the man in this relationship, so you need to protect me." And then when my daughter came about, it was um, it was even more so because obviously the love of my daughter trumped everything. So um, it was weaponizing that sort of you're you're a parent in this. You know, you need to yeah. That it sort of um uh deepened those ways of thinking
2: hi survivors i'm tara Newell,
0: and i'm Collier landry and this is the survivor squad podcast
2: yay another episode
0: a heavy one though oh yes a really a very heavy episode well it's survivor squad right this is what you guys want you want the, the, the heavy stuff so we'll, we'll give it to you but on a lighter note tara we got some reviews in that you want to share
2: Yes. So we're going to mention two in particular, a good one and uh, one that's four stars, but also gives me some
0: criticism. How do you how do you know it's you, though?
2: Because I remember talking about how people at country festivals.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So, so go ahead and say Go ahead and say it without giving it away.
2: Okay. So at, first of all, at country festivals, I'm always used to people returning your phones at EDM concerts and other concerts that I've been to. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the same. My phones have gotten stolen there. I've been a very well-versed person in both, but let's get to the review. Okay. So this person did four stars. Raves and mosh pits are actually full of caring people. You made a comment as country music concerts are full of lovely people and raves are not. Please stop the stereotyping when clearly you have never been. There are bad and good in all groups of people. In every mosh pit I have experienced, I have only been treated with respect. Please avoid this, if that is a word for you, Collier.
0: Divisiveness, this divisiveness.
2: Yes, portrayal of other music genres.
0: Four exclamation points, okay, got it. So, all right, so just to be very clear, um, so you, when I asked you about this today, I sent the review over, and you sent me back photos of you from like 10 years ago. And you were clearly at what raves, right?
2: Together as one. That was in 2011. I went to a... Uh... EDC one year in Vegas when they brought it over in Vegas. I went to uh, Monster Massive. I've been to Beyond Wonderland. I've been to uh, some warehouse ones. I've
0: been to Bottle Rocket. I've been to EDC. (laughs) I've been to. I I guess what we were saying is, I, I myself, and I think you are included, are lovers of all musical genres, and love all of those things. Now, um, I have never lost yes actually i have lost a phone i lost a phone i was filming i was working with the offspring at the um at the orange county fair this was a few years ago i was working with the offspring and i lost my phone it was the last time that i had a google phone it was before i got an iphone oh my gosh. and i lost my google whatever the hell it was it was the google brand phone and i was freaking out just because it had all my info in it and i was and i was taking notes about the concert for the video and i was like oh you gotta be kidding me and somebody returned it i have had very positive experiences in all the con because i've shot so many concerts i've been in so many concerts as a performer i have fantastic things to say about concerts (laughs) so
2: i've had lovely experiences at raves a lot i've also had incredibly horrible experiences at raves i've had surprisingly just good experiences at country concerts and you know that's just my experience i do love everyone every type of music i have uh friends that are actually djs in the genre too of edm mm-hmm. um and sometimes I'll go see them. And we'll include pictures on the Patreon too for people to see. Pictures
0: on the Patreon. So let me get to reading this other review, which is a five-star review from Love to Research. This is from June 24th. It says, I am I am binge listening to this wonderful podcast. I do not know Collier's story, but want to find his documentary. You can find it in my store, collierlandry.com forward slash store. I listened to Real Crime Profile and Crime Analyst and have heard about Tara's story. I love that Tara asks asks, questions about words Collier says she does not know. I don't always know know them either. (laughs) So, well, thank you so much. Love to research for your wonderful. And thank you to our other uh, four-star review. Uh, Sorry that you felt uh, ostracized big word there you go <laughs> ostracized Yes.
2: what does that mean
0: uh you, you know like um cast aside or or shamed or like if you're ostracized you're excluded you know so when you're ostracized you're excluded uh so we weren't trying to exclude or ostracize anyone any members of our audience because we love music of all kinds and i if you guys don't know i have a uh i, I went to school for music and i actually studied opera so and classical music so i love all kinds of music but anyways so tara we have a guest today from australia the land down under
2: yes well i want to first thank madeline heather for connecting us with harrison she's the one that recommended us connected us all together and harrison has an incredible story and he is doing a lot of amazing things today to fight the narrative and bring a lot of education towards sexual assault. And-
0: yeah, pedophiles. So we'll get into his story. It's, it's very harrowing, as he says. Absolutely. So um, yeah, let's get into it.
2: Mental health facility what was that beginning stages of the healing process look like
1: yeah um so i actually submitted myself to the rehab um because i had a plan to yeah not be here anymore uh there was the on the on a friday evening i said on monday i'm gonna do it and i had the weekend to like live it up, like do anything I wanted to do. It was my last weekend. So I went out, I did everything I wanted to do. And um, on the Sunday evening, so just, the, I was going to do it the next morning. So the Sunday evening, I had this sort of vision of my mother finding me and I couldn't live with my, I couldn't um, fathom that. So I went and checked myself mm-hmm. in. And um, when I was there, yeah, they, they, there was obviously one-on-one group uh, therapy sessions, and there was these group therapy sessions as well. And um, yeah, I just I just they gave me the tools to work through that, to identify what I what I've been going through. And that's when I was diagnosed with my um, bipolar 2 disorder, actually. So um, with bipolar one, people go into states of mania, so they go up and they become erratic. But with mine, mine is bipolar 2. So I go down into deep states of uh, depression from time to time. Um, mm. And yeah, I was diagnosed with that and it made a lot of sense. And the bipolar 2 actually came, was stemmed from what I went through. It was, that's what the psychiatrists and all the doctors, um, that was their final verdict. Did. If I didn't go through, it was always sort of there, but that was the trigger that set it up. Um yeah so it was good to have an answer for that as well, and you know because then i had I could label it and I could figure out the necessary steps to to work around that so yeah it was to go to that mental health facility was the best decision I've ever made in my life, and I stand by that
0: what does um i mean that's incredible like, that's uh, it's it's amazing that you had enough foresight to, and, and, and and just, just sell, just awareness of around in such a, such a state of despair that you had such self-awareness to go, I don't want to put anyone else through this. This has to stop with me. Right. yeah You know, you, you realize that you could create a path of destruction and despair for your mother and your family and you, and your, and obviously your daughter. Yeah, robbing her of the opportunity to ever get to know you. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's really commendable for sure. Thank you. What, what is your... Rela- I mean, you're welcome, absolutely. What is your relationship like with your mother? And, and did this strengthen your bonds? And how did she process all of this?
1: I think she's still processing it. It's never a thing that you really can ultimately come to terms with. I don't think there's an end point on things like this. Um, I know for me and with my healing, it'll forever come in waves. It will forever, um, I'll have to, especially with the, you know, mood disorder, it's a very difficult thing to say, yep, um, I'm totally there because uh, I think I'd be lying to myself and I'd be lying to the people around me. Um, so it'll forever be a, uh, not a struggle, but it'll forever be a thing that needs to be worked on. Um there are times where it will be a struggle but it does, it doesn't always have to be a struggle and um i think i hope that people listening realize that as well i hope they know that um it never or it has doesn't have to be a consistent struggle all the time uh you can you can survive this and get past it but my relationship with my mother is very strong and um you know i sometimes she doesn't understand the viewpoint where I'm coming from because she hasn't been through it herself, but I, we always get there in the end. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when it comes to, and especially with public advocacy, because I've got a little brother and sister and that as well. And, and she has, you know, I'm the eldest of four kids. She has four lives to sort of worry about, um, which I totally understand as well. So yeah, if you know of a, a kid at school, says, oh, I know, I know what your brother went through or something like that because I've been public with it. That's what, that's sort of where her concerns lie, but totally supportive and understands where I'm coming from.
0: Yeah.
2: I know sometimes my mom will be like, oh, Tara, don't mention this or don't say that, yeah. you know, and I have a feeling that's probably what she's like yeah, doing. Yeah,
1: l- a little bit, yeah, but also I I just go against the grain
2: <laughs> same I'm like I'm just gonna say that
1: yeah 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 so I um yeah I I stick to my guns that's <laughs> yeah. well,
2: and I feel like if you're holding back then you're not being authentic with yourself
1: no I think you're I think you're robbing the community of the your authentic self and I think you're robbing yourself of your authentic self as well um yeah I don't do anything I do to put 50% in, I do it because I want to put 100% in and I know it's going to have a positive outcome for um, many people. So that's why I do what I do. Yeah.
2: And what was it like to be in therapy now and deal with the triggers? I know you say it's like an ongoing journey and Mm I I get that, (laughs) but what do you do on like your super low days?
1: Yeah, I, I usually, um, I tell myself this is a feeling that I've got to feel. I've got to feel it through. I've got to go through it. Um, so I sort of frame it in that sort of mindset just so it's easier for me to um, navigate. Um, so, yeah, I'll curl up in bed and, yeah, have a have a day or two in bed just feeling whatever i got to feel. Um, yeah, sometimes the lows are worse another, like it, it's, it's a real spectrum. I can never predict, um, how I'm going to wake up. Uh, but that's, that's what the disorder is. I, I, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, uh, but yeah, we just take it day by day and I've got a great sort of support with my mother, as I said. And, um, yeah, that, that also that facility that I went to, um, I know I'm always welcome to go back there. should I need those services so that's a that's a sort of nice thought and um, yeah, it's nice to know that there is support out
0: there. You know something that and, and you can tell me if this is and, and i re- so I relate this question because often people will ask me about my own anger. For my mother putting me in the situation with a violent psychopathic father, putting her in a situation where she, you know, obviously her life was taken by him. But something you had said at the top of our interview was your parents in their divorce were so caught up in going at each other that they forgot about you, their son, and that presented... A, a, a golden opportunity for someone to be a predator, to prey upon those insecurities and to prey upon that sort of child that was left to fend for himself in a lot of ways. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you had a roof over your head and things, but emotionally fend for himself. Yeah, yeah. Do you, I guess this is a two part question is, do you Harbor anger for that? And, I don't, and I'm, I don't, and I'm, I don't know how you feel, but I, I think that yeah. you probably don't, you know, yeah. to a, to a large degree. But also, how were you able to reconcile that, and how do you use that as a positive message for others?
1: Yeah, I think I learned what a lot of people learn later on. I learned very early on, and it's that our parents are human too. I I learned very early on that my mother was a victim of my father. Um. And she was just trying to navigate it, just like I was just trying to navigate it. It was a bad relationship from the get go. And she's human and it's not, it's, I mean, he made those decisions, not her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find peace in that. I, but I can't lie. I was angry for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came to sort of realize. That anger doesn't, doesn't, doesn't affect her as much as it affects myself. I'm the one that, if I'm just angry all the time, like I was, I saw it. I, I was angry all the time and I didn't want to be here anymore. That's, that's who it affected the most. So when I went to rehab, they gave me the tools to, yeah, navigate through that. But that would be, I hope that people would, Listen to that and understand that there, that, um, it's not that you have to forget about what happened, but forgiveness is such a, such a beautiful thing that can heal. Um, but also you don't, you don't have to forgive anyone. Like I don't forgive my perpetrator for what she did. I don't forgive my stepmother for what she did. Yeah. Um, so I guess I still hold a bit of resentment there, but, Yeah, it's a yeah. That's a sort of multi-layered question in and of itself to answer.
0: I think also, you know, I I feel like it took me a long time to find forgiveness with my father, like a long time. Yeah, right. I think that you'll ultimately come to it. I think one of the things that people have to realize is that forgiveness is not about them; it's about you, (laughs) and you're moving forward. You know, and sharing that that light with people because so many people do harbor anger and never get through it um Mm. to that end what are you doing now to really what does your advocacy look like having come through this and still obviously processing it on a daily basis but what does your advocacy look like you know what is your what now
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, for sure um so yeah as you said i am an advocate and i Have been public with my story for about, for just over a year now. So, um, yeah, after I went to that rehab, I thought to myself, I really want to help people, but I wasn't totally, I wasn't in a position where I could do that, where I emotionally, when I came out of the rehab. So I gave myself a year. I said, I'm going to just do what I need to do in order to get to a position where I feel that I can speak out about it. And then I filmed my story. I filmed myself speaking about my story and I uploaded it to Instagram and that's when the story got a real sort of big reaction and solidified a following for me. And since then, I've done a plethora of different things. Um, but currently, uh, mm-hmm. the work that I'm doing, I've started a, a campaign called Your Reference Ain't Relevant and it is, um, its sole purpose is to Uh, create legislative change within the Australian government. So, uh, well, specifically the state I live in, which is in New South Wales. And we want to remove the provision of good character references in cases of childhood sexual abuse. So right now, um, if a convicted, if a, a pedophile goes through court and becomes a convicted pedophile, they then go to a sentencing procedure where they get their sentence from the judge. And they can submit these things called good character references, which is letters from other people that are saying they're a really good person, and then they can get a reduction in their sentence. And we want to remove that provision because our stance is that um, good character is a part of the crime. Pedophiles utilize their good character and good standing to ingratiate themselves into the families and into um, to gain access with the children and stuff like that, so... Yeah, we launched that campaign in May of this year, and it'll trigger a parliamentary debate in August.
2: Wow, that's incredible. Do you, what, what, what would you, you say to anyone that you think is, that is, sorry, let me rephrase this. No, okay. What would you say to someone that thinks they may be getting groomed by someone or recognizes the abuse already?
1: Oh, um,
2: and they're not that, out of it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I would say it's so important to speak up, but that's sort of an easy way out, I think, because there's so many factors that people have to consider. Um, sometimes speaking out isn't the safest option. I know that sounds contrary to sort of what our thinking collectively is, but um yeah, speaking out can be dangerous. So you really need to make sure you have all these safety provisions in place around you. Like, um, I filmed that video and I put it on my social media, but I wouldn't recommend any other survivor do it that way because I didn't get legal advice before. I didn't get anything like that. I just was wanted to speak out and there was a real fear of retaliation from people like my father. Um, and yeah, I received, that. Uh, like death threats from him specifically uh, when I came out with that video because there was – it could ruin his reputation. so horrible. So horrible. Um, And, yeah, uh, I couldn't – I wouldn't recommend any other survivor do it that way unless they got legal professional advice beforehand or made sure that there was a genuine support system in place around them. but education is so important and even getting to a point where you can recognize those signs is imperative in combating these sorts of crimes. And um, yeah, I would implore people to not just not just victims, but um, everyone to scrap up on what the behaviors look like. So that would be my sort of advice. I don't know if that's fantastic advice, but yeah.
2: I like that advice. And I think that it's important to look up the factors and educate yourself on what grooming is and who these perpetrators are. And I also think it's great that you said, um, don't upload it right on Instagram right away. Check into stuff first, because like I, I tell people to go sometimes make a TikTok video. You'll go viral. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like your advice with that and you know, I think I need to adapt that as well.
1: Oh, that's great. But I think um I think yeah, I think it can be it could there can be some real detrimental effects if you don't put those procedures in place. Um well, in Australia at least, I don't know what the is like in the states, but yeah, I, that's what I would say to people here. I
0: would I would imagine too that the, I would imagine that you had overwhelming support first of all. Yeah. But yeah. I also imagine you got a lot of people chastising you. Is that yeah? True? For sure.
1: Well, because I, cause I was a, a guy as well. Yeah, there's no exactly. way you could have experienced this. What do you like mean?
0: Precisely. Yeah, you got
1: lucky. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's been a, but yeah, I do get overwhelming support, and I recognize that as well. I don't just want to focus on, um. I just don't want to be the guy that focuses on the negative but I really do oh. appreciate the positive and overwhelming support I get as well it's really it's so fantastic yeah
0: a- absolutely but but on that and yeah. I, I don't like to focus on negative either yeah but no, I course. do but I do feel it, it, that a lot of times that people who are victims of this don't speak up for fear of being shamed or not only re-traumatized but abused by other people for speaking up and they're they're therefore beaten down or intimidated into not doing the right thing for themselves or their family um what do you say to those people
1: yeah i say you know a similar sort of approach you've got to make sure that your support systems are in place beforehand. If you're in a situation where it is dangerous and you speak up and there can be a real fear of retaliation, um, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's a, a wise thing to do, but also I don't want to deter people from ever speaking up. That's not the point I'm trying to make when I say that it's to prioritize your safety. And that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. But when it, when there is a safe space to speak up, fill your boots. I mean, it's absolutely. Necessary that victims of crimes like these speak out because it breeds in shame, fear, and silence. And, um, so important that we speak about it because uh, as a point that I've made, it, it's, yeah, it, we can, that's, that's one of the proven ways that we can end this sort of crime is when we call people out on it and we, uh, we speak about it, our experiences and our stories can be a catalyst for legitimate change and that's um that's such an empowering thing um that 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 we hold you know so yeah
2: yeah I love it and your sweater there is that from your line
1: oh no this is a this is a beaver Oh but, okay uh, yeah I had to shut down the clothing brands uh while I work on the legislative, um, yeah, law reform stuff because I was just spreading myself too thin. So, um, yeah, I was spinning too many plates and I couldn't handle it, but yeah, um, I hope that clothing brand comes back into play after I pass this law. So yeah, I love making clothes and raising the funds for it. It was really fun.
2: I love that you are prioritizing And I have a feeling you will get that clothing brand up and running right when you get that law into effect.
1: Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. And, yeah, it was a real creative sort of outlet for me. I loved working out. It was a real... It honestly was. It was a joy.
2: That's so great.
1: Yes.
0: And do you feel that the creativity is something that definitely helps you move past all this? Definitely. Definitely.
1: I mean, to come up with uh, a clothing brand or um, a music festival I've done since I spoke to you last. Um, oh. Yeah, or um, I worked with the police here in New South Wales in Australia to launch this um, uh, online way of reporting so people can report their crimes anonymously and to the police And it doesn't have to trigger a formal investigation. And uh, people can choose to be contacted, not contacted, or only contacted if multiple victims come forward for the same perpetrator. It's called SARO, and it's an online way of reporting. So I launched that with the police here in January as well. And, um, yeah, did this campaign. But to answer your question, it takes a minute. I I love being creative, and I love um, mixing new creativity with my advocacy and doing sort of social media posts that uh you know invite people to engage in the conversation because that's how um that's how we mitigate the issue.
0: Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you. That's wonderful.
2: Well I think I don't know about you, but I think we covered all our basis of everything and it's been a great chat and everything Thank you and I definitely I'm just personally going through something right now so I like just listening to this podcast with everything you have been saying it gives me more clarification with that situation as well.
1: Oh that's say thank you for starting yes
2: but I might still want to talk to you a different day if you don't mind. Of course.
1: Of course yeah. Reach out anytime. Both of you reach out anytime. More than welcome to. I love chatting with you both. You're great people. Uh,
0: oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Um, Terry, you want to do your thing?
2: Um, Yeah. So where can we find you on social media, everything?
0: Yeah, of course. So,
1: um, I, my main sort of social media platform is Instagram and my username is it's Harry James and Harry is with an I. Um, and yeah, that's where I, I do all my sort of content. That's where I get the most sort of reactions. So I like sticking with, with that. So yeah, it's
0: cool. Well, uh, Harrison, um, you know, Tara and I always say, or I always say to Tara, you know, we're all a part of a squad that no one really wants to be a part of, but we're all a part of the survivor squad. 100% harrison james thank you so much for joining us on the program thank you so much for having me i really really appreciate your time it's been such a pleasure
2: wow that was a really heavy episode
0: it really is it, it really is and i think that you know I, i've seen something he posted on instagram today actually that somebody was saying you need to take responsibility for your for your victimhood or <laughs> as if uh, sort of insinuating that somehow Harrison is responsible for what happened to him, which is just
2: bonkers,
0: unbelievably just, just bananas. Yeah, Uh, it just goes to show that some people you just need to use a little bit of compassion. And he's he was a child. I was a child. You know what I mean? I know what that's like. (laughs) You know, uh, we were all and we were all children, obviously. Um, It just to for him to, you know, to be lashed out in that way is just uh, it doesn't sit well with me, but. Uh, we really want to thank Harrison for sharing his story because um, it's uh, he, he's changing a narrative, right?
2: Yeah, no, and he is. He's educating on who these perpetrators are and the dynamic of these relationships with childhood abuse. You know, when these perpetrators come in, they're always on a higher level where they should be looking over and after these children. And it's unfortunate when their safety guards are let down and they can't, they can't heal because they keep getting traumatized. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so happy that Harrison was able to get out of it and get healing and start that healing process because he is making waves.
0: And you know what is interesting is, is how he himself took action. So he didn't harm himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he knew that he was in a really bad way and he said, I'm gonna check myself into a rehab and and deal with this. And that, you know, look, there are many people that struggle with with thoughts of, of harming themselves and suicide is a real thing and it's a real concern. And it has just devastating impacts on families uh, and individuals and, and just the, the sadness of, of someone ever thinking about having to take their own life because of something that, in a way that they've been traumatized. But kudos to him for leading by example, for him taking initiative to get himself the help that he needed so he could move on as a well-adjusted, well, he's still a young man. I mean, he's like twenty, twenty-three 23 or something. You know, it was crazy to me.
2: Yeah.
0: Big shout out to Harrison for his courage and for sharing his story too.
2: And for you guys that are struggling, there are resources in the show notes because it's super important to go and get help.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: On that note, Survivors, I'm Tara Newell.
0: And I'm Collier Landry.
2: And this is the Survivor Squad Podcast.
0: We'll see (laughs) y'all. The Survivor Squad Podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please consider supporting this program by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Survivor Squad.